Welcome to 316 Unleashed Podcast. This is season two of the podcast devoted to going in depth into the Bible with your host, Tim Welch. Let's get started. Opportunity to um, to do this podcast uh, with one of my favorite people in this world, my the, uh, my great uncle, uh, Donnie Harrell. So, Uncle Donnie, thank you for being on the podcast with me and doing a Facebook Live hey. with 316 Unleashed. Mm-hmm. And um, so how's, how's Uncle Donnie doing? Doing pretty good. A little bit tired. Uh, been working quite a bit. Uh, you know, I work on the, at the job and, and then um, got a lot of other things going on here at the church, trying to do some remodeling. Yeah. Inside the church, and uh, anybody that's ever did remodeling, they know it's it's, it's, it's a lot of work. But happy to do it. Happy yeah. to do it. Yeah. And we are here at your home church. Yes. It's so Shallow Pentecostal Holiness Church here in Sumter. Um, anybody don't know, this church has been here for a little over fifty years, and um, uh, been in the Pentecostal faith now for or conference for a little over fifty years also. So. Yeah, uh, we love the Lord, and and, yeah. and we just uh, appreciate what God has done and what mm-hmm. He's doing, and how He's blessing and, and touching lives in a mighty way. And looking for the increase, yes, the increase of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've been ministering for a while too, haven't you? Yeah, uh, I don't. I've never pastored, um, but yeah, I've been a little bit evangelizing, a little bit, well, mostly preaching here at the church. And uh, this coming April, April the fifteenth, one and I be. Be been here for 33 years at Shiloh. Wow. So yeah, we've been uh, at it for a little while. You know, three years prior to you come here, I was born. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So yeah, you have been here for a little while. Yeah. You and your um, your amazing family. That's right. That's so, but um, <clears throat> today's subject on this uh, on the podcast is the continuation of the Lord's Prayer, um, or it can be called the our Father Prayer, as some Catholics call it, but it—did uh, you know that it is one of the most, or excuse me, it is the most famous prayer yes. ever praying, uh, ever prayed in the whole entire world? Yes. And you know, um, I've done some research. Is the most famous prayer ever prayed in the whole entire Bible? So it is the most famous prayer of all time. Right. right. And. You know, a lot of people, they just quote it, but not really understanding. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my favorite parts of this whole entire prayer is what we're about to do. Right. You know, hallowed be thy name. Right. I mean, it's, it's just so amazing, you know. I mean, because we're talking about the sovereignty of God. Right. We're talking about the holiness of God. Yes. You know, and so it's, um, and it's more than just a name. God, G-O-D, but it's just, I mean, we're going, I mean, I'm pretty sure that you've got a lot of insight about how his name should be referenced. Yes. Well, I wouldn't say a whole lot, but yes. One thing we have to remember is, um, you know, the world itself can say God and everybody thinks, you know, it's okay to say God because they're talking about what they see and Mm -hmm. recognize as God. The only time it's really uh, really come against is if you say Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. Then that's when you start getting ridiculed and come against and say you can't say that, you can't go that direction because it's a, it's a pinpoint. Um, but yeah, the, the acknowledging uh, hallowed that it's, it's uh, you're calling upon the Lord to look upon his name as above everything. Mm-hmm. It is truly above everything and you're wanting to reverence him and praise him and worship him above everything and that's where the word hallowed hallowed be thy name is um you're 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 calling god to i want to reverence you and i want to uh, lift you up above anything in this world because he is above everything correct yes yes he yes, is yes that's true and you know um it's more than just a label oh absolutely you know, because I've done some researching on the, on the word name, you know, just and but then there's 952 names for God. Yes, yeah, there's a lot of names for him. And, and the Bible refers to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my thing is, though, it's not just that we call him like you might have somebody we might call slim because they're skinny. You know, we might have somebody, you know, chubby because they're fat. But the names of God is different, oh, right? Yeah, they all have very, very particular meanings mm-hmm. for each one. Um, and, and you can say each one of those names and you're referencing the same God. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're doing it in a very powerful manner. That's right. Uh, we're not to take any of those other names and belittle them because they're all very powerful. Yeah. And they all have special meanings to reverence him in his different ways that, that he uh, blesses his, his children and who he really is. Mm-hmm. And we have to be very careful whenever we're talking to not take the Lord's name in vain. And you, you might say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't curse. But thank God, you know, we, we shouldn't, shouldn't have any curse words in our, on our lips. But we also have to be careful that... And, and one thing I see a lot, if I watch anything on YouTube, and this happens a lot, that if a person standing behind a door and somebody walks in and they scare them, one of the first things they do is, is say Jesus Christ or say, you know, oh my God. And, you know, they'll, they'll use it as more of a byword mm-hmm. because you're not really reverencing the Lord at that second. You're just using it as a byword. Mm-hmm. And that's really, we really should get out of that, that, that habit to not use his name as a byword in in any form or fashion um, because we can get into the area of blaspheming the Lord because his name is not to be used any kind of way. That's right. That's right. And, you know, even in the Hebrew belief, they will not even spell the whole name G-O-D. So, I mean, a lot of them will go out there and put G-D because that they reverence it so much as holy. You know, and my thing is, though, they even got like Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that is a name that I mean, a lot of them won't even utter right. because it, I mean, they're they're have it so sacred and so sovereign that they're actually afraid, you know, and but his name should be reverenced. Absolutely. And even, but each one of his names as a characteristic, right. you know, and it's because of. Each, I mean, I have a characteristic, and people might identify me according to my character, and so is you. But each characteristic of God has a different name, right. and it doesn't mean that He changes. 
is just, that's how, you know, how mighty he is. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, even whenever it was spoken that Jesus Christ was going to be born, he said that his name would be Jesus, but Emmanuel, God with us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can say Emmanuel, and we're speaking of Jesus Christ, and as that is part of his, who he is, and he's with us. He, uh, when he was born, he's with us. So we do have to be very careful, and I, I follow that same mindset to whenever we start talking about the Lord, be very careful how you talk. That's right. Um, not to just use him to, not take him to be a whip, that you can take him and, and whip people with it. He's not for that. That's not God. It's not the way God works. Um, if we need to bring out a point, we got the word of what God says to do's and the don'ts and what we should be and should be like to reverence those, but don't take his name and try to use it as a whip. That's right. Um, we need to reverence that very, very closely. And, you know, and a lot of people, as to your point, a lot of people put a lot of weight on, on people and try to pin them down according to what I would like to call just religion. It is. It you is. know, it, it's not, see, God is not a religion. He's a relationship. That's right. You know, and a religion causes weights. It causes bitterness. It causes people to stumble. Mm -hmm. And God even, I mean, his word even says that if you become a stumbling block, oh, yeah. I will remove you. That's right. And so what we do in the name of what we think in the name of God, God says, I'm not for that. You know, because it's nothing to do with his name. And we attach his name to so many things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I even have in my notes that, you know, it, they could be almost like identity theft. Right, right. You know, because identity theft is when somebody tries to portray you. And, you know, and it's not you. They're trying to steal your name. And then, you know, same thing with God. But he even has, in, I think, in the third commandment, do not take the Lord God's name in vain. Mm -hmm. And by taking his name in vain could also be putting that weight on somebody right. and becoming that stumbling block. Right. And there's a lot of people that refuse to even come to Christ because his name is betrayed wrongfully. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? And in, in the book of Isaiah um, 52 and 5, God tells the prophet Isaiah that all day my name is blasphemed, or in other words, despised. Right. So all day long, he has his name despised and blasphemed, but still he chooses to love us. He does because he's God. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you kind of look at it in the manner of who God is, mm -hmm. if Hitler would have reverenced God, and recognized he needed the Lord and started calling upon him until the Lord came down and touched him to, to woo him and draw him, Hitler could have been saved. Mm. Hitler could be in heaven right now if he'd, if he'd recognized who God was and he needed the Lord mm -hmm. uh, because that's who God is. If God is not for Hitler, then he's not for us. Mm. We, have to, we have to understand that we can't just pick and choose because we see someone that we hate or we don't like what they're doing to the point we want them destroyed and done away with. That that hate, we have to be careful with that kind of hate arise up and start controlling us. That uh, we have to recognize who God really is. And like mm -hmm. he was saying a while ago, that there's people out there saying things that is God mm -hmm. when it's really not God. 
That's right. They're putting his name on labels in areas that really, it's not him. Yeah, and, you know, again, they're, they're causing that stumbling block. And to be removed is very, I mean, it's, it kind of, I mean, it really does scare me. Because removing somebody could also mean death. Oh, yeah. You know? And there's plenty of times in the Bible that God shows that. That there was somebody in the way. And so God had to get rid of them completely. Right. I mean, it was, um, I cannot remember the guy's name, but the guy, um, there was this guy that went to, uh, in front of Moses. And he says, how do we know? That you're the one that God speaks to. God can speak to me. Uh, and the Bible says that the ground opened up, swallowed him and his family and everyone that followed him right. and closed back. Yep. I mean, it's just like, and everything that existed in his possession was gone. That's right. Yeah, we have to recognize that we, we're... We're following an awesome God, but we are following a God of um, that you have to be very careful how you handle yourself around yeah. Him, how you present yourself, and um, because many, you know, the Bible does speak about whenever, like you were saying, the the Israelites, whenever they come out of Egypt, and uh, Moses was going to be the one to lead them out. I've heard that it's, at that time, I don't really know for sure, but I heard there's like two million people. It could have been, yeah. could have been that many. And here you are, the pastor of two million. Mm. <laughs> okay, so he had to get help. He, his his, his father-in-law said, "Look, you got to stop. You got to start appointing men to help you out because you you carry too big of a load." Mm -hmm. But um, you know, those two million people, only one, I think either I can't remember now, either one or two. It was Moses' um, nephew. Mm -hmm. was the only one that made it into the promised land. Mm -hmm. Every last one of the rest of them died mm -hmm. in the wilderness. But all the ones that were born while they were moving around in the wilderness for 40 years, those were the ones that were able to get into the promised land. But all those that stepped foot in Egypt, except for Aaron, all those that stepped foot in Egypt was able to, or they all died in the wilderness mm -hmm. because of being stiff-necked, mm -hmm. because of being stubborn, and many different situations happened. Like he said, um, the earth opened up and swallowed a bunch of them because of a rebellion. That's what that was all about. And there was a time whenever uh, serpents were released and started biting them and mm -hmm. killing them. And that's why the Lord told Moses to make a brazen serpent of gold and put it on a staff and put it way up in the air and tell them that whosoever looketh up upon the serpent, upon the brazen serpent, shall live. So that let us know that if we'll look up towards heaven, we can live. Those are all representations of what was coming in the future. But we, we really have to reverence uh, God and God's people that it's very uh, touchy thing to start stepping up and trying to be boastful. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and once we go out there and we make that step, I mean, and we cause that, there is forgiveness. There he is. You know, and I mean, a lot of times the damage is done, but God can repair that damage. He can. He, he can bring a person through. And as you were speaking while ago, it's come to my remembrance about uh, individuals. Whenever uh, King Saul, Saul was the first king of Israel, 
mm-hmm. um, because he was head and shoulder taller than anybody else, and he had a real blonde hair or light colored hair, and he was uh, like a higher statue. And the Lord chose him to be the first king. It started with him, but then uh, David came along, and then David became king. So it, it traveled over to him, and what it was that he told David to go out to battle to different tribes like the Amalekites and the Malachites and those, the Hesitites. But he said, destroy them. Mm-hmm. Kill everything. Mm-hmm. You say, well, God would do such a thing? Yes. I mean, even the little infant babies that were just born, he said, kill them all. Don't bring nothing back. Why would he do such a thing? Is to Because God knew the future. That if he didn't get rid of the lifestyle that they continued in, that it would filter over into his people. Mm-hmm. And it would be nothing but sin because all those tribes would worship idols. And he knew that if he didn't get rid of all those, that it would go come over to and start filtering his way into his people and cause them to start sinning also. So the Lord took care of the problem. And so we have to recognize who God really is and how much he cares about his people. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to reverence his name so greatly and so deeply. Because the Bible says, don't fear the one that can destroy just the body, but fear the one that can destroy body and soul. Mm -hmm. So we need to reverence God's name very deeply. Yeah, and his name, his name should be kept separate, holy, and sacred. Yes. You know, and and I mean, going back to almost like a full circle, his name should, I mean, it should be only reverenced when we say the name God and we might say, well, there's so many like different types of gods. Moses said, you are the God of gods because there's so many idols. Oh, yes. Okay. But in revelation, he is pronounced, Jesus is pronounced as King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's what separates Christianity from anything else is that name Jesus. Yes. Because when we say the name God, it can be that little G and it could be associated with everything else. But when we may uh, mention the name Jesus, then it opens up a, like a, identifying exactly who that is. Right. There's no doubt what God we're talking about. And we might say, well, he is the son of God. But the Bible says he's one. He's, one. Right. he's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's, he's a triune God. Yes. You know, and he's three of one. And, but Christ came to show this is who God really is. And there is forgiveness, but also he was, I mean, he beat the, the people out of the temple. That's right. And, you know, because. Turned into the thieves. And correct. And he said, my house should be called a house of prayer. Right. And you've turned into a den of thieves. You know, exactly what you said. And, and it, his name shall be reverenced. Absolutely. Into his holy place. And just like we're in the holy place of God now. Right. Even on, you know, I've seen a lot of people, they step out of church and they want to try to talk any way they can. You're still on the property. Oh, yeah. You know. You need to reverence the whole area. Exactly. You know, and Moses, even though he was in front of the burning bush, God says, take off your shoes because where you stand is holy ground. You know, because where God is... All of that should be referenced. That's right. And we, and even in this holy place here, I mean, as soon as you step on the grounds, 
I mean, it is a holy place because that's where he dwells. That's right. And where he dwells shall be separate, shall be sacred, and shall be deemed as holy. Well, even with that thought there, to take it even further, we have to remember we are the temple. You are Jesus correct. Jesus Christ lives within us. We are the temple. So even when we leave the church grounds and go anywhere in life, we have to reverence who we are and present ourselves in that manner. And not to just take on the forms of the world, you know, and follow along with what the world wants to do or how they want to conduct themselves. And here we are getting in with them and doing the same thing that they're doing. And that's not right before God. We have mm -hmm. to present ourselves. We have to be just as holy in Walmart as we in, in the house of God. <laughs> You're, you are just right. As holy. We can't change. We can't put on different hats. Mm -hmm. We can't become... Uh, one of the guys because you know they're standing around joking about stuff we want to join in and do the same we have to be separate but the Bible says be separate uh, from the world because we're not of the world mm -hmm. we're in it but not of it mm -hmm. so we have to be careful how we conduct ourselves because we are the temple mm -hmm. and I love your thought the way you're going with this and your thoughts because he says that we are a living sacrifice yes amen you know and he told Abraham he said be ye holy as I am holy Right. And that is something that we can never fulfill, you know, right, and right. but through Christ, Amen. through Christ, there's forgiveness and there there is a strict walk Amen. because the Bible says that broad and wide is the not is the way to destruction. But narrow is the way to salvation. That's right. And it's because, I mean, there's only one way only and that's the Christ. And there's so many different ways to get away from him. But there's only one way to God, and that's Christ. And that's why it's so narrow. That's right. Because it pinpoints. And, you know, and I, I love what you were saying is that we have to be the same person in church on Sunday as we will be at the workplace, Walmart, or anywhere else anywhere on Monday. You go. Anywhere you go. That's right. And we have to keep that same speech. Yeah. And it's not putting up a front. It's in your heart. Mm -hmm. Because you have to be the same person uh, you know, there's one portion in the Bible God says, I see in his secret places. Oh, yeah. You know, behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I know exactly who you are. And that's why the Lord says when he looked upon a man, he doesn't look upon his statue. He said, I look upon the heart. Because the heart is us. Mm -hmm. We might present ourselves and put on some real fancy, you know, suits and come, come to church. And present ourselves in that outward, outward appearance. But the Lord said, I look at your heart because it's, it's the heart, the abundance of the heart comes the mouth speaking. That's right. So whatever's bundled up in there, whenever you start talking, that's what's going to come out. So you're going to reveal yourself uh, somewhere, somehow. So uh, I would recommend really get close to God, really stay on the altar. You know, that's one thing that I see a, a lot of times happen. Uh, not saying anything harmful whatsoever. Um, people don't really have that great urge to get on the altar like mm -hmm. they used to um, and just stay there and just let the Lord just really move and, and bless them and draw them closer and, and if somebody else is around the altar others to get around them and help them pray and seek the Lord you, you don't see it as much as you used to you see little bits here and there but it's not as great as it used to be and I was telling Brother Bobby the other day that, and, and I'm being honest I really have to be honest at this Mm -hmm. And I have to put myself in that same category mm -hmm. that we don't have the fear that we used to have. That's right. We That's really right. don't. Uh, we've, we've come to church. We got a little complacent with it. We got a little bit of hope on. 
um, do the same thing, you know, kind of an over and over and over situation to the point to where being on the altar and really crying out and really praying for others and is kind of slowly fading out to a degree. Uh, we do it, but we don't do it at the same that we used to because the fear isn't quite as strong as it used to be. Um, and you say, well, why should I fear God? He loves me. Yes, he does. But the fear that he wants you to have is a fear of, of uh, doing something wrong, going in the wrong direction, not following his perfect will, not being exactly, you know, in the place that you need to be at all times for him and, and doing what he wants you to do. Um, that's the kind of fear that we need to get back to and start mm -hmm. seeking God for. Mm -hmm. Lord, give me that fear. Give me that you know, whenever the disciples would pray, you know what they would pray for? Mm -hmm. Give me the bones. That's right. To go speak it again. <laughs> and they're they're in jail. Their backs have been beaten to where they just pouring blood. You can only imagine how much pain they were in because they didn't have Tylenol. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they couldn't just say, "Well, bring me a, a you know some morphine to get rid of this pain." They couldn't do that. They were chained in, the, in prison and beaten because they spoke out and said the name Jesus. Mm -hmm. And whenever they would get there, they would pray and say, Lord, give me more. Mm -hmm. Give me more bonus so I can do it again. Mm -hmm. and, and knowing that's where they wind up again if they did it again. But yet that bonus, that fear, that love, that care, that want to was so great in their heart. Amen. Amen. And I, I can feel a kind of a shift here. Uncle Donnie, can you expand on how can we get back to that, that fear of the Lord? Well... It, it begins at home. And, it, and it really, it really yes, does. It yes. begins at home because you're home more than you are in church. Because usually we only meet, you know, a couple times a week and, you know, three times at the most. And, but you're home the rest of the time. And while you're there, are you really seeking God at home? Mm -hmm. or you, do you have a prayer closet? Do you have a place to get humble before the Lord? Are you in the Word? Are you studying? Are you seeking God? Mm -hmm. Uh, even on the job, you know, and you're there, you're tall, and you're moving, you're, you're doing what you got to do. You got to keep your mind on what you're doing and focus so you won't get hurt or hurt others. But, but yet you're still seeking God from your heart. Mm -hmm. And if you're really, really seeking God and really crying out to the Lord every moment of every second that you got and really, you know, just praying constantly without ceasing, then when you do come to the house of God and you, you sought him in secret, he said, I'll reward you openly. Mm -hmm. And that's where it really begins at home. And, uh, you know, just really wanting God. Uh, I know a lot of times we say when we're tired, we're ready to go sit in the recliner, take a nap, uh, get something to eat, watch a little bit of TV, kind of relax your mind a little bit. Um, I'm not saying anything's wrong with all that because there isn't. You have to be careful what you watch and get involved in. But, but yet we still need that time with God. That, you know, if you look at it in a, in a manner, I haven't done this in a while, so I don't remember all the numbers. <clears throat> if God requires 10% of your income as tithes, what about your time? Great thought, about yeah. if you take all, If you take all the hours in a week, I think it's like 188 hours, I might be wrong. How, how much is the 10% of that? You know, mm. how, how many hours a week do you give God? Mm. How much time do you spend that in? And that frame, because a lot of times we'll think, well, I'll pay my tithes, you know, I'll drop an envelope and cash or check or whatever, or however you want to do it. But then everything else is mine. Well, I don't believe so. I believe you, I believe your time belongs to him also. Well, he did say give your first fruits. First fruits. 
you know, and so your first fruits can also be your first part of your time as you're getting into, you know, and that's a great thought because not a whole lot of people will think about they that. They don't think about that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so, Uncle Donnie, can you, would you mind, okay, for those who are wanting to know how to get back to that and, or how to get to that, right. okay, I mean, because Jesus, his, uh, yes, his name is sacred and holy, but he said, call upon me. In your time of need, and I answer you. That's right. You know, he want is his name is so sacred that whenever he is spoken, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven or in earth that man must be saved but by the name of Jesus. That's right. And when that name is spoken, the Bible says that at uh, at his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So that's everything. And in the book of Psalms, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Right. And it's praising his name. Right. And so his name is also uh, needed in today's time. Yes. So can, uh, would you mind speaking to those who's watching or listening? Mm -hmm. How can we get, well, I know you just talked about how can we get back to it. Right. But how can we accept Christ? Mm -hmm. And... Can you, can you lead us into that in, sure. then in prayer, if you don't mind? Sure. Um, I can relate to my own life um, in the beginning of it is to, I was raised in church, but uh, my mother was an evangelist and she went around a lot preaching different areas, so I, I knew about church, I grew up in it to a certain area. But when I became 16 years old, um, I was given an opportunity to make a decision, you still want to go, you know, um, I decided not to. I quit. I completely walked away and didn't go back to church, but maybe once or twice over the years. So at 16, I made a decision, walked away from church. I, I knew about God. Um, I knew um, what you needed to do because I was raised in it, but I walked away. But And then as the years were going by and I got old enough to start dating and got serious and got married and and later on started having children, uh, I recognized my life was really going downhill very rapidly. Um, I got to where I was really doing, you know, saying bad things. I didn't really do any bad things. Just, it wasn't in me to do it, so, you know, bad stuff. But my life was not for God. I didn't, you know, I didn't seek the Lord. I didn't, didn't, want, to, didn't want to come to church. But whenever I turned 30 years old, um, I still have to have to say I, I did have some back then some cassettes. Mm -hmm. Everybody know what cassettes? <laughs> uh, I don't even own nothing to play cassettes no more. But anyway, I would pop in a cassette in the car because every now and now and then I would love to listen to gospel music. And every now and then I pop one in, listen to a few songs, and then pop it out and go back to whatever else. But this time on a, a Saturday afternoon, I was going to town. I popped in a tape and started listening to some gospel music. But this time, it was different. This time, all of a sudden, I just started crying. I mean, I was boo-hoo crying like I lost my best friend kind of crying. And I'm sitting there listening to the music, thinking, what is going on? What's happening to me? Why am I crying? So deeply, and so from, like from inside out, I was really pouring out deep, deep wells of crying and didn't really know why. And as I went on and come back home, 
Um, the Lord re revealed to me on the way back home that you need to start going to church. And the Lord came to me. He came after me. And we have to recognize, according to the word of God, no man cometh to the Father except the Spirit draws him. We have to first be drawn by God before we can be saved. I know there's opportunity a person would say, repeat after me. Thank God that they do uh, get people to recognize that they need to, to see the word of God and say the word of God. But we have to also understand that God has to be after us and be seeking to draw us in individually. You say, well, how do I know? How, how do I get to that place? Well, first you have to believe who Jesus Christ is. You have to believe he went to the cross and died for you. You have to believe that he uh, was buried and rose on the third day and, and now he's in, uh, making intercession for you and me in heaven. You have to believe that um, to recognize that who God is, who Jesus Christ is, and then start calling upon him. You have to recognize you're lost and undone away to a devil's hell. That if you died right now not knowing God or not being saved, that you would wind up in a devil's hell. You have to recognize and understand that as the truth. And, and you yourself start calling upon God and start seeking that, Lord, I, I don't know you, but I want to. Lord, I want you to come into my heart and come into my life. I want to be saved. I want to be set apart. I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life. I want to walk with you, Lord. I want to be in heaven one sweet day. If you'll start calling upon the Lord and trusting and believing that he'll do the work and he'll come after you. He'll start convicting you and he'll start wooing you and drawing you. You'll feel a difference. You'll feel a change. You'll feel something happen to you on the inside where the Spirit of God, the conviction of God is starting to move upon you and draw you by the Spirit. And then you can, as the Lord is moving upon you, then you say, Lord, come into my heart, come into my life. I want to be saved. It's okay to say the words, you know, Lord, I want, you know, repeat after somebody, that's okay. But if the Lord's drawing you, wooing you, coming after you, and you say, yes, Lord, I'll receive you, then you can be saved. Then you can uh, recognize that there's a change. Getting saved makes a change in your life. Yes. If you say, I'm saved, but yet you feel exactly the same, you don't feel nothing different, you don't feel any change, you don't feel any, any conviction of a sin, you don't feel nothing, then there's a chance that you wasn't saved. But you have to understand, you got to truly call upon the Lord. And God will, he will come down and he will touch your heart. He will draw you, you know, and, and draw you in to conviction to where you can call upon him and recognize the change that God has made in your heart. Because once you get saved, then immediately you will hate the things of life. You hate the things of sin. You'll hate the things of the world and you'll love God and love the ways of God. You'll want to be in church. That's the change that comes in your life. Like whenever Jesus Christ comes into your heart, he'll make that change in your life. I can remember whenever one that I first started coming that first Sunday, was I felt conviction on Saturday, so I came that Sunday, me and her, we felt good, went home. The next week come around, we came on Sunday morning, felt good, went home. The third Sunday, sometimes things happen in threes in the Bible. But that third Sunday morning, whenever we came in, Brother Bobby was leading the service. Another preacher was going to preach that morning. And as Brother Bobby was leading the service, he spoke, started speaking, and all of a sudden the conviction came down on me so strong. I just started weeping and crying again. 
And Brother Bobby recognized it and gave an altar call at that time. We all stood up. And I grabbed a hold to the back of the pew, holding on, holding on, holding on. I knew I needed to move, but I held on. Conviction was so strong, and finally Brother Bobby ended the service. We went to my mother-in-law's house that day for, for lunch. And I was in such great conviction. I went out to my father-in-law. He had a building out there, a shop. I went inside of it. And I was in such great conviction. I walked in circles. I couldn't be still. I couldn't sit down. The conviction was so strong on my life. The Lord was convicting me, wooing me, drawing me. I just couldn't. I walked in circles as hard and fast as I could to time for church to start. Got back to church. We went sitting in the same place where the Bible was going to um, lead the service again. That preacher didn't get to preach that morning, so he's going to preach that night. As Brother Bobby leading the service, the conviction fell on me. I was just weeping and just weeping and weeping. Brother Bobby made an altar call one more time. But this time, whenever I stood up and I grabbed a hold to the back of the pew and I was standing there, the Lord spoke to me. I could hear him inside of me, not in my ears, but in my heart. He said, come and you shall receive. As he said it the third time, come and you shall receive. I recognize it was the voice of God drawing me. He knew my life. He knew I was on the way to the devil's hell. He knew I needed to be saved. So as I was standing there, I spoke to the Lord in my heart. And I said, Lord, here I come. And as I was, it was up against the wall, so I had to go out to the, the aisleway, and there was a fellow sitting there. So as I went around him, and my foot turned to go to the altar, immediately at that very second, you might think this is strange, but this is the way God dealt with me. As my foot turned to go to the altar, I all of a sudden felt the weight of sin on my life. How much sin I had in my life, the Lord allowed me to feel how heavy it was. I felt like a, a 500-pound weight hit me on my shoulders. And it was so heavy, I couldn't, I couldn't bear it. I couldn't stand up. I was going down. As I was going down, before my knee hit the floor, the Lord suddenly lifted that weight off of me to let me know he took the weight of sin out of my life. And you talk about a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And as I made, that, made the, got my second foot out and started going to the altar, the Lord already saved me right then. I didn't have to make it all the way, but I was anxious to get there, to humble myself before God. But God allowed me to feel the weight of sin in my life and how he lifted it. I felt the difference. I felt the change. The joy unspeakable and full of glory. And that's the way God can do for you. And if you'll call upon him and believe and trust in him, and cry out unto him until he comes, until he causes that great conviction in your life, that you can truly be saved, truly make a change in your heart. Remember, you, you, you'll feel a difference. It won't be, I guess so, I wonder, I think so. You'll know when God comes in your life. So if you'll do that now, you'll start calling upon him now mm -hmm. that we can pray right now mm -hmm. and seek the face of God in your behalf. If you truly believe in Jesus Christ and who he is and you need him in your life and you're already a sinner and you're on your way to a devil's hell and you start calling upon him now, God can do this same thing for you. Mm -hmm. He may do it in a different manner, which is okay, that's fine, however he chooses. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Mm -hmm. Let's truly seek God for those that are out there mm -hmm. yes. that really need God. And just, and just pray the conviction to be so great. And he'll woo them and draw them in. Let's pray. 
Dear gracious Heavenly Master, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come before you, Lord, to call upon your precious name. Lord, let the spirit and the power of you, God, be so great in touching these souls that are listening today, God, in the future, Lord, that you'll convict them, God, with a great conviction, Lord. Time is short, Lord. We, we're on our way up until the end, Lord, until you, you come to call your children home, Lord. Their name need to be written, God. Their soul need to be saved, Lord. It sends me under the blood, Lord. We call for great conviction today, God, to touch each one individually, Lord, and move upon them as only you can. Let them know you're there, God. Let them know the Spirit of God is great and merciful and kind and more than enough, God, to change them, Lord. You'll make that difference that only you can make, God, and touching them today, Lord, and woo them and draw, God, that they can believe and receive all that you have to offer. We pray for to believe it. It shall be done, God, as you'll make that change right now. As we ask it all, believe it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Well, I want to thank you for joining in on 316 Unleashed today. Thank you, Uncle Donnie, for joining us again. This is uh, Reverend Donnie Harrell. And we're at Shiloh Pentecostal Holiness Church in Sumter, South Carolina. So yes. this is another great church that if you desire to find a good church, this is another one. So where can we find you at? Well, um, well my name just went blank. <laughs> the address is, um, oh, man, I'm sorry, the address just ran from <laughs> But well, we're right here in Sumter, been there for, like I said, for over 50 years. Um, just look it up, pull up on Shiloh Pentecostal Holiness and Sumter, and, and everything will pop up. And you can come out and be with us if you can. Um, just, just come seeking God. Yes. That's, we love the Lord, and that's we're just poor people that love God. We don't try to boast ourselves or try to be anything other than children of God that love yes. one another. So come and be with us. We'd, we'd love to have you. Yeah. And then until next time, shalom, shalom. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of 316 Unleashed. Please show your support by leaving a review and rating here on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I will give you a personal shout out to you on my next episode. So until then, Shalom, Shalom.